Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. Today our scripture comes from John chapter 15, verses 9 through 17. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me, so remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment, love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I will no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. This is my command, love each other. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. So Lord, we do pray for your spirit to be upon us. Lord, whatever it is that we bring with us, God, we pray that we may just remain and abide in your love today, that we may sit and that we may hear your word and hear your teaching and be transformed by your goodness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I think uh, we all have a, a they, don't we? There's an, an us and a them. There is we and they. And we all have our own kind of, of they there, that, that they are those people that, that we sort of have these preconceived notions about who they are, what, uh, what they're worth. Now, one of the things that when I moved to Mustang, I learned who one of your they's were pretty quickly, and that's Yukon. <laughs> Those people up there, right? Uh, you know, that there is a, a they that we have. And, and the amazing thing about us as humans is that, is that we can create they's out of just about anybody in any situation, and there's all sorts of ways in which we categorize people. Some of it is that location, right? So whether it be people from Yukon, or we'll talk about those Texans every once in a while, or those people out on the West Coast, or those people from New York, right? Or those people in Mexico or Russia. Whatever it is, we have those people out there. It, of course, can be a political thing too, right? Those, those Republicans or those Democrats or those independents that are out there. Those people are just progressives. I don't understand them. Or, or those conservatives, they're, they're just way out there. Whatever it might be, those people, they out there. It can be all sorts of things, right? We, we do it with skin color, with gender, with sexuality, with age. Those young people don't understand. Oh, it's those boomers again. Men, women, straight, gay, black, Hispanic, white, they. It also can be preferences, right? There are some preferences, some people that I think, gosh, they're strange, right? 
Like vegans, I don't, maybe we have a vegan in here. If so, I don't understand you. I'm puzzled, all right? Because I love meat. It's good. The Lord said, kill and eat. <laughs> but, again, I, I don't always, there, there are things that sometimes we don't understand, and so we can categorize they, those people, right? Those gun owners. Or really, these people really confuse me. These mullet wearers, right? <laughs> Like, why would you do that to yourself and to the rest of us? I'm, I'm like scanning the room looking. For, okay, I think I'm safe today. All right. Now, some of you are like, Aaron, I wore a mullet when Billy Ray Cyrus did as well, right? So we, we, we have these days that, that we come, and these people that puzzle us, these people who we don't understand, and these people who we are often and largely want to distance ourselves from. And what happens is, is that we see somebody and, and we think, oh, well, they are different than me and they don't have as much value and they are strange or whatever the case may be. And we separate ourselves from them. Now, and, and sometimes we are the people who are being separated is that we're lumped in with somebody else's they. In fact, this is what happened to, to Jesus is that he was a they for part of his story. Um, we find this early in the Gospels. It says, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How did you know about me? Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. And so here, can anything good come from, from Nazareth? Can anything good come from fill in your own day blank? And, and, and what Jesus does is something extraordinary. This other person who he saw Jesus, not as Jesus, the Son of God, but as somebody from Nazareth, Jesus saw right through everything else and saw the person. The person who was opposed to him, Jesus saw and entered into things differently. In fact, that is the movement of Jesus, is to enter into people who are opposed to him. And he has called us to this high calling of loving people who are in our minds against us or who are against us. The great teaching from the Sermon on the Mount says these words, you have heard the law that says, love your enemies and hate, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Now, I wish Jesus hadn't said this. I think you probably do as well, because when somebody makes me mad, I don't want to love them. I don't want to pray for them. I want them to experience justice. I want them to experience the consequences of things. I don't want to love them. But the high calling of Jesus is to love your enemies, is to move towards those people who are moving against you. And, and part of the reason that we know this is that Jesus does not ask anything out of us that he did not, was not willing to do. Now, if we think that an enemy is somebody who is opposed to us, then what Jesus did is extraordinary. Because the people of this world have had a will that has opposed God the whole time. We have our own will. 
We have the will of our way, and we have opposed God. And so Jesus didn't just look down from heaven and think, boy, those people, they make me mad. I'm just going to leave them to their own devices. But instead, he took the incredible journey from heaven to earth and dwelt with and remained with and was with his people. We were God's enemies, and Jesus came to meet us on the battlefield. Paul says it this way in Romans, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. We went from enemies to friends because of the work of Jesus. We were his enemies. And in this passage that we read, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants or slaves, but I call you friends because I have made known everything to you. And he says this, this is my commandment. Love each other in the same way as I have loved you. Again, I wish Jesus would have said, love each other about 75% of the way that I have loved you. I I, I wish Jesus had, had, had qualified it, but he didn't. He said, the same love that I have for you all is the love, and this is not the suggestion, this is not God's hope, this is a commandment, thus saith the Lord, and thou shall do. And this is incredibly hard, because people make me mad. They probably do you too, right? Have you you ever been at a place and just think, gosh, these people don't get it, right? Oh my goodness, I can't believe she said that, I can't believe he did that. Now, I'm not talking about anybody here in this room. I'm talking about people from the first service. <laughs> right? Like, we, 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 we experience this, and we see things, and, and we're, we're in these conversations, and these people drive us crazy. And, and, and our temptation, and the world is becoming more and more polarized. That it used to be, somebody once said, that it used to be, I think I'm right and you're wrong, but now it, I think I'm right and you're evil. And this isn't the way of the gospel. This isn't the way of Jesus to to move away from people who are different. But the way of Jesus is to move towards people and to love them. And this is what love is, is that love moves towards people. Because Jesus came from heaven to earth and he dwelt among people who you know had to drive him crazy. He sat with them. He had dinner with them. He loved them. He embraced them, and even his disciples, who were slow to get it, and his disciples then and his disciples now are slow to get it, Jesus moved towards us. And this is really what, how do we love them, is that we move towards people. We don't move away, we don't separate ourselves, but instead we engage. Now there is a time in which we can't move towards people who are running away from us. We can't affect other people to cause them to move towards us. But we can keep moving towards people and taking these steps of faith day by day, week by week, to try to understand their story and where they come from. Now, Mr. Rogers once said, there isn't anybody we couldn't learn to love if we didn't know their story. And so there are times in which I'm sitting and I'm, I'm watching something or I'm hearing somebody and I think, gosh, I just can't even imagine your world. But I think what God is inviting us to do is to be puzzled and to be curious about things. Now, I, I, uh, I was reading a book called Emotionally Healthy Leadership 
and, and this guy was a, a pastor of a church, and, and he, he wanted to change the way that they talked to one another. Because what would happen is that somebody would say something or do something, and they would be like, well, that just doesn't make any sense in the world. Like, why would you say that? How could anybody, have you ever thought this? How could anybody even think that, let alone say it out loud? Have you ever been at a family gathering or a group of friends and somebody said something and you were just shocked and floored? If you've never been in one of those gatherings, that means you're the person who shocked or floored somebody. And, and, and you think, and, and you want to just say, what is wrong with you? How could you think that? But, but, but really in this book, the guy talked about saying, you know, a better thing is to be curious. I'm puzzled is, is the words that he would use. I'm puzzled. I don't understand how you got there. I don't understand why you feel that way. And that's the truth, is that there is this gap between us and other people. And oftentimes, it's about not understanding, not about evil. It's about we've got to, instead of coming against each other, we've got to find a way to move towards and unite with one another. We're not always going to agree. In fact, I don't expect us to always agree. I don't want us to always agree because oftentimes as we see the world differently and experience the world differently, we can shape and mold each other in a way that I couldn't get to by myself. I need people who see the world significantly different than I do as long as we're willing to love and move towards one another and to keep taking these steps of faith. Now, what is, is love? Uh, I don't know if I've given you a, whole, a good answer in this whole month, but this is a, a definition of love that I like, is that to love is to will the good or to want the good and to contribute to the good of another. To love is to really want the good, all right, and to contribute to the good of the other. Now, I have to confess that there are people who I don't want the good to. I mean, as I, as I look at this situation, and, and there's so much about uh, politics and this global world that we are living in, I don't want the good of Putin right now. But I want to want the good of somebody. I want, and again, we may argue what good is for people, and that's going to be okay too. We're going to have to move in that way. But we want the good of the world. One time I was talking with a wise person, and this was after somebody had been elected to office, and, and they said, well, the, we want this person to succeed and do well because what is good for them is good for us as a whole. And I think that so often, again, we have these enemies, but we need to want the good. We can argue about what the, what the good is, but we need to contribute, and we need to move towards and hope and believe and be patient with them to will the good and to contribute to the good of one another. And so we move towards people. What's love got to do with them? It's got everything. Because Jesus has this high commandment to love one another as he has loved us. In the same way that Jesus gave himself for his disciples, in the same way that he forgave, in the same way that he moved into their world, he calls us to do the same. He calls us to love one another as we love ourselves, to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, there's a lot in there. One is we need to know what love is. We need to know who our neighbor is, and Jesus makes that clear. Our neighbor is anyone and everyone, and also we have to love ourselves. And there, uh, as I talked about the last couple weeks, there are, some of, uh, there are some of us who, if we really loved our neighbors as well as we loved ourselves, we would not love our neighbors well at all. And so we do need to remain and abide in the love of God. 
In fact, that's really how we start with if we have a hard time loving somebody, if we're asking the question, okay, Aaron, I believe in it, I want to love others, but I don't know how. How do we really love those people? How do we really love them? The first thing is, is that we have to abide and to remain in God's love. I mean, that's what Jesus says here. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. Abide in the love of God. We can't muster up love for them. We have to receive it from God. And we have to live out of this idea that we are loved and that we dwell in love. Now, there's lots of different ways to abide in the love of God. Um, and because the environment often we put ourselves in depends on whether or not we're abiding with love. Now, there was a season of my life in which I listened to a lot of sports animal and sports radio. Now, there may be some of you who, who listen to Jim Traber and Al Eshbeck and that crew regularly. But what I figured out is that when I listened to the sports animal, I became angry a lot of times. When I listened to worship music, I became peaceful. So what did I do? I kept listening to the sports animal. Why would I do that? I'm puzzled by my own behavior, right? And so, so do we abide ourselves in God's love? Do we receive? Do we take in? Do we dwell with the presence of God? Because if we live in a world of, of anger and fear, then, then we're going to be people of anger and fear. But if we live in a world of, of abiding in God's love, then we're going to be people who are going to abide in God's love. And so that's what we have to do first, is we have to soak in it. That's why I think worship matters. That's why I think our, our reading the Bible through in a year, I think sitting in the Word of God, I think silence and solitude, as much as I um, sometimes just hate the quiet, is actually a place in which I can actually hear God's whisper. You know, we have a prayer group that meets Wednesday at 9. We'd love, if you're interested in praying, if you want to pray for the church and pray with other people, we'd love to see you. We just meet right here Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Um, but it is often there in which I'm finally still and silent that the Lord speaks to me and gives me what I need for myself, but also what I need for the church. In fact, it was a couple weeks ago when, when I'm sitting in there and the Lord just has laid out what I need to do for the Ash Wednesday service. And, and uh, because I'm abiding and I'm being still. And so we just need to receive the love of God. Now, the next thing that we have to do in order to love them is we need to really see them not to see them as a them, but to see them as a person. This is what Jesus did. He saw Nathaniel. Do you, do you remember what it said? He saw him and he said, now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. And Nathan said, how did you know this? He said, I could see you under the fig tree. So often we don't take time to get to know people. We just take time to make assumptions about people. And it's a whole lot faster to make an assumption about somebody than it is to truly know. Now, at the end of knowing them, you still may be like, you still may disagree, but at least you will understand where and how they're coming from. You know, sometimes when I think of these people who, whose perspectives I disagree with wildly, I'm reminded that if I had lived their life and I had walked their shoes, I would probably end up believing very similar to them. If I had grown up in their house, if I had been taught what they had been taught, I would most likely end up thinking and believing what they do. And sometimes we think, well, I would never feel that way or I would never think that way. I'm reminded that we are very susceptible people as humans. A few years ago, I watched a video on Netflix, I watched a Netflix show about, um, it's crazy, it probably wasn't good, but it was about this 
kind of mind game this guy was playing that, that he thought that he could nudge people to commit a murder. And at the end of the show, his goal was to see if he would convince these people to push somebody off a building. I don't remember the name of the show. Now y'all are going to kind of try to look it up on Netflix. I know some of you. And, and the truth is, is that these people, there were some that did it. They would say, if you asked them at the beginning of the day, would you ever push anybody off the building? They'd say no. But through a unique set of circumstances and all this sort of stuff, some people did. So I, I don't ever know what somebody went through or why they are what they are. But I'm curious and I'm going to lean into them and I'm going to try to see them with God's eyes. And, and the last thing that we do is we sacrifice for one another. I mean, this is what Jesus did for us, is that he forgave, he gave his life for them, is that we move towards these people and we give and we sacrifice. And whenever we do it well, it's an extraordinary testimony to the goodness and the love of God, because that is the example that Jesus has shown for us. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.